Welcome to Subtle Beast, everybody. I am your host, Foltz. With me, as always, my main man, Mr. Steve Apostolopoulos. How are you, brother? Today, Foltz, I feel fantastic. How are you? Oh, wow. I mean, I feel pretty good, too, but fantastic. That's amazing. I like to hear that. I'm going to have to match that for this episode. All right. So, I'm fantastic. Both of us, fantastic, here in the studio. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Excited about tonight because we're going to be talking about aliens and you know, I always try and work it into each and every episode. If oh, I, can. I know, I know, <laughs> folks, I know about that. Well, I, it's not really my fault. It's just you know, aliens and talking about um, different uh, technologies is really where the heart and soul of where Subtle Beast comes from. And we got thrown for a ringer in the past few months, and you know, we did some shows, and but uh, we're going to talk about. Um, this uh, cult, if you will. Um, it's from not too long ago. It took place like, uh, well, it started in the 70s, but then, uh, you know, the bulk of, uh, for the lack of a better term, the craziness, if you will, took place in the latter part of, of the 90s. So uh, if you've ever heard of uh, Heaven's Gate. I have. I know that. I was uh, a mid-90s high school graduate. So this happened right as i was paying attention to the world right right around like yeah 2021 um but uh it's gonna be interesting because uh there's a lot of different they they intertwine in this cult they talk about different things like uh, religion and obviously aliens and bringing it all into like one twisted interpretation of uh of one gentleman uh Marshall Applewhite. Yeah, so uh, we're going to break it down right now. We're going to start off with like a little bit of a, a summary, if you will, and then we're going to get really into the meat and potatoes of, of Heaven's Gate. Steve was a little upset. <laughs> I had misspoke <laughs> a couple weeks ago when we were talking about this show coming up, and I was like, yeah, don't forget we got to do Hell's Gate, and he just loved it. And then I was like, oh, by the way, remember, it's Heaven's Gate. I was like, I'm going to say Hell's Gate all week long. I I'm so excited to just repeat the word Hell's Gate. It's Hell's Gate. I thought it sounded so cool. So, sorry to burst Steve's bubble, but... uh, It's Heaven's Gate, but you know what? It's still really cool to talk about. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So, here we go. So, on March 26th of 97, San Diego police followed up on an anonymous tip and entered a home located in one of the city's wealthy suburban neighborhoods, according to History.com. Officers were greeted by the stench of decomposing bodies. Inside lay the corpses of 39 people, all dressed in identical tracksuits and shoes. They all had committed suicide, a mass suicide, thanks to the teachings of the infamous Heaven's Gate cult. The group killed themselves as the Hale-Bopp comet approached Earth in hopes of leaving the confines of their human lives to ride on an alien spacecraft hiding in a comet's wake. America and the rest of the world were both horrified and confused. The group had its roots back in the 70s when a Texas music teacher named Marshall Applewhite lost his job after having an inappropriate relationship with a male student, according to Rolling Stone. 
Not long afterward, he met a nurse named Bonnie Nettles. Both had an interest in biblical prophecy, and Applewhite was convinced that the two were bonded somehow because they had met in a previous life. Now, for her part, Nettles told Applewhite that she knew they'd meet someday because extraterrestrials had preordained their encounter. Together, the two blended multiple religious teachings from the New Testament with various bits of eschatology, mysticism, astrology, ascetism, and a little mixture of Applewhite's Presbyterian upbringing. All of this was influenced by Nettles' belief that a monk from the 1800s often had conversations with her, providing life guidance. Now, the two, they didn't have a romantic relationship. Instead, they bonded in their efforts to ascend to a higher plane of existence and ultimately reach the kingdom of heaven. Applewhite became calling himself Doe, and Nettles became T, or else they called themselves Bo and Peep. In the mid-70s, they convinced a group of 20 people from Oregon to leave behind their families, lives, and worldly possessions for Colorado. There, they waited for an alien spaceship to arrive. It never did. So the group began dwindling. In 1985, Nettles died from cancer, leaving Applewhite depressed. But he was undeterred. By the early 90s, he tweaked his beliefs and started recruiting new members, The group bounced from place to place, sometimes living in campgrounds around the country, occasionally panhandling and always looking to recruit new converts, reported the New York Times. Throughout the years, hundreds of people joined and cycled in and out of the group. To improve retention rates, Applewhite gradually began to control many aspects of the members' daily habits and routines. He was a master manipulator. As his techniques improved, more people stayed on to follow him and became fanatically devoted. Cult leaders come in many shapes and sizes with assorted facades. One mask is in the form of the teacher, emails Rick Allen Ross, the author of Cults Inside Out. Marshall Applewhite was a teacher, and he regarded the members of Heaven's Gate as a class of students. He claimed to have the keys to self-improvement, with tantalizing promises of panchia, a magic formula for evolution to a level above human. Members were forced to wear the same clothes and have the same haircuts. They gave up their jobs, families, possessions, and their sexuality. Several members, including Applewhite, even agreed to be castrated to help them loosen ties to their earthly lives. Wow. One cult I would never be joining. I'd have been like, well, guys, everybody, it's been fun. I got to get going. Good luck. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and catch the comet on my own. <laughs> <laughs> now, cult members can appear brainwashed because they are so cocooned within their leader's contrived bubble world, says Ross. Applewhite tautly, tightly controlled his devotees who lived communally or com. Yeah, communally, in a house that he controlled. They were isolated from family and friends and could not travel outside the community without an accompanying escort. When astronomers in 1995 discovered the comet Hale-Bopp, Applewhite came to believe that the aliens were finally on their way. Hiding behind the comet as it raced towards Earth, he also felt sure that Nettles was aboard the ship. Applewhite rented a mansion in Rancho Santa Fe near San Diego 
To make money, the group designed websites for several customers. In fact, Heaven's Gate website is still functioning, and we encourage you to go out there and take a look at it. Yeah, we'll put the link up for you to take a look at. Yeah, we will. It's uh, Well, there's a lot out there. Yeah. As Hale-Bopp came closer by the week, Apple White figured the only way to join Nettles was for the group to leave their quote-unquote container bodies and elevate to the ship. The final days. Steve, you want to do the final days? I do. This picture um, is terrible. It's just got a purple shroud over a body that's on a bed or a mattress that's like down on the floor. You can see a pair of black Nikes sticking out and some legs. So this is about their final days. So in late March of 1997, he persuaded 38 other people to drink a blend of phenobarbital and vodka. And then, for good measure, wrap plastic bags around their heads. Their corpses were shrouded in purple cloth for privacy. Days later, the news of their deaths and the beliefs that led them to mass suicide shocked the world. How could so many people follow Applewhite into death? The truth is, people can be tricked more easily than we think, and then become trapped within a cult leader's grasp, says Ross via email interview. Held within this manufactured and seemingly mystical milieu, such devotees become virtual prisoners, unable to readily break free. Due to carefully contrived and implemented psychological and emotional restraints, which we cannot easily see or understand. So, in spite of Applewhite's off-kilter and self-invented belief system, he still managed to convince people that he had that they had to follow his path to a higher plane of existence. Sadly, it cost them their lives. That blend of weirdness and devotion has captivated the public's imagination for decades. Destructive cults are stranger and more often fascinating than fiction, says Ross. Cult tragedies often include crazed lunatic leaders who feed upon their faithful followers like vampires, extracting money, free labor, sexual favors, and at times literally controlling people to death, such as Applewhite did, who dictated the terms and details of a group suicide. Wow. There's so much there. Oh, my goodness. There is. And, you know, I think the first place that I want to start with is when you're looking at a cult and you're looking at what they say, of, of, of they control your beliefs, they control your actions and this and that. I mean, you could you could break that. You could break cult down into little subcommittees, if you will. Uh, just look at a child, for example, growing up in a household where two people share similar views. And as that child is growing up, you're putting those views onto that child. That, that child never formed those views. So that would be a form of, well, brainwashing or some people could say an indoctrination into what you believe. You want to make this child believe what you believe and carry on those beliefs through the world, which then can bring you full circle to religion. Any religion, for that matter, people that are uh, an atheist or, or, or agnostic or, 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 or anything where they're not believing in one controlled or organized religion they'll look at it and be like gosh what a bunch of cults and uh if you think about it from the aspect if, a, if an extraterrestrial came down and it was the first time he ever had an interaction with an earthling and anybody from any of the world's religions explained it and explained why they worship 
I, it might get a, it might get a weird look or two. I mean, because first time ever hearing and be like, wow, that's what you believe, man. You could believe anything then, right? If if you were to take some of uh, our popular religions stories and ex- and and tell them to someone who has never been exposed to religion, they may seem silly. Sure. Uh, what I was going to say about the cults is it's not often that you get a guy like Marshall. Um, there has been a, a lot of deadly cults in our history. Um, Charlie Manson was one of the... David Koresh. De- yes, David Koresh. Charlie Manson was a deadly... There, there were deadly cult leaders, um, such as Applewhite was. But when they do surface it seems like they don't have a lot of trouble finding people to follow them. No. And what it seems to be, and uh, I believe it's that people that are needing something in their lives, they're looking for some type of acceptance. There could be at a low point in their life. Maybe they've been quote unquote, an, uh, an outcast, never had many friends. So they attend a meeting of heaven's gate where it's so accepting and they're like, Oh my goodness. And then they just keep going back before you know it, you're indoctrinated into these beliefs for not only for a reason that maybe you do believe it, but everybody else here does. And I've been accepted here. Right. Which I mean, that's just human nature. People seeking acceptance. They're seeking acceptance. And and at one point they're going along with the ideas, maybe believing in them, maybe not really, but they feel that, that, love or acceptance what else do i have in my life so they they stick around and stick around and stick around and before you know it they start believing yeah the beliefs i have a friend who whose dad was raised catholic his entire life and uh was going through a rough time in his life and um you know the uh the religious organization that comes around and knocks on people's doors. Well, he answered one day and actually started having a conversation with them. And, uh, and he converted to, uh, to that religion. Um, you don't hear about that too often. He may go down as like the great hope, right? <laughs> you know, but, uh, there was a point where somebody was, was, was down on their luck and down in their life, but somebody was sitting there listening to him, maybe saying all the right things. And, and there they you got go. one. They, yeah, yeah. Like they were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it!" They were salesmen of the year. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They were probably immediately promoted to elder. <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, before you question, like, how could somebody follow this? Well, people that are desperate are look. Will, will just about follow anything. Anybody that's looking for a conversation. There's a lot of lonely people in the world that you could convince of anything because number one, they didn't have the educational background because maybe their parents were garbage, right? Never had any friends, basically never maybe even attended school because they were made fun of, of their clothes or maybe that they stunk or, yeah, or whatever. You're a nerd geek, whatever. I mean, that weighs heavy on people for a lifetime, especially during the most impressionable years of your life. I'll tell you one of the things that impresses me about Apple White is that he did um, get those 20 Oregonians to follow him to Colorado, and he, he had prophesied that there was an alien ship that was going to uh, come down and uh, take them away, and then it didn't happen, and he still was able to continue on. Now, they said that 
uh, the membership dwindled at that time. Yeah. And dwindled. Then, How didn't everybody walk away? Because he was probably like, maybe the maybe our earthling calculations are off here, and maybe. And then when he heard of the uh, the hail bop, yeah, the hail bop, he was like, and uh, I just want to add that now it's here, but it's it's it, it can't be. It's it's behind the trail of this comet. Can't be seen. And no, well, I don't want to say anything because we're about to get into that in the next segment. But right, but uh, that's my most. That's the part that impressed me the most is that he was able to go through a complete failure and still continue the organization. Well, uh, and well, that's the thing about cult leaders is people are always like, "Oh my gosh, it's so stupid. How could anybody?" Well, no, the, the leaders are crazy. It's crazy smart. Too yeah. crazy like a fox. Yeah, like, they're, they're super crazy, but they're far from stupid because you get uh, anybody to follow you and, and in a cult, they're going to lay down their lives for you. It becomes a very, very dangerous organization potentially. I agree. All right. So we're going to uh, jump into Heaven's Gate 20 years later. It's been you know 20 years since this incident. Steve, why don't you kick us off? So 20 years after their mass suicide made headlines across the world. Heaven's Gate is still one of the most notorious cults of the 20th century, not to mention one of the most recognizable. In March of 1997, America was shook by the strange story that included mass suicide, wild public access style videos, an obsession with UFOs, and, in true late 90s fashion, track suits and matching Nikes. They also had a new recruitment tool, the internet. I remember when this first was announced in in ninety seven about about this. I remember I was glued to the TV. I was fascinated. Like, oh, they were into UFOs and all this stuff, and I was just like, wow, because it was March of ninety seven, and it I was, was twenty fledgling time for the internet too. Oh yeah, that was the beginning. The, the first time I had actually got onto the internet, I recall, was in ninety eight. So. I remember the modem and the sound that it made at the time, <laughs> and uh, everybody had AOL. Yeah, and if you, if somebody picked up the house phone, it disconnected you because it was all into the phone lines. Right, it went through the phone lines, and people hunt, would meet in chat rooms. Yeah, I remember my dad saying it one time when they first came out with the co- uh, cable modem. He's like, I'm not paying $50 a month for faster internet. A couple months later, yeah. Of course. <laughs> it's just like a, trying to resist technology. You still can't. <laughs> no, you certainly can't. Let's see. We're going to keep going. Heaven's Gate has the distinction of being the first well-known American cult of the internet era, using the new technology to share their beliefs with a wider audience and also to make a living. They derived a large portion of their income from designing web pages, Formed in the 70s, they had become reclusive by the start of the 1990s and started attempting to recruit members online using the organizational name Higher Source. Through the web, although the web would eventually become central in organization, the group's origins were much more grassroots. In the early 1970s, founders Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles, a Texas music teacher and a nurse that he met during a stay in a psychiatric institution, renamed themselves Bo and Peep and took a six-month-long road trip across the United States. Around 1974, they assembled a group called The Crew. For the next two decades, they lived all around Southern California. Though Nettles died in 1985, Applewhite kept the group together, and when the internet was introduced to consumers in the early 90s, they began using the new technology to share their beliefs with a wider audience. 
The reclusive group also used it to make a living, deriving a large portion of their income from designing web pages. The cult's philosophy took its roots from Applewhite's Presbyterian upbringing. His father was a minister and essentially grafted belief in extraterrestrials onto Christianity and theology. Applewhite told his acolytes that he was the second coming of Jesus Christ, that God was an alien, and that they were living in the end of times. They read the Bible, especially Revelation chapter 11 in the New Testament, a section about two witnesses that would prophesy. At the end of the prophecy, they would have battled demons, which Applewhite and Nettles called the Luciferians. Wow. And they talk about battling demons in their exit videos. Yep, they do. They do. And uh, we uh, we encourage you to go out and watch some of those uh, exit videos because the people are telling, the, they're leaving videos for their families, basically telling them what their plan is and what their group is about and that they're don't be sad because they're happy and they look nuts. They do. They look, they look like they're crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's the best explanation for it. In late March 1997, 39 members, including Applewhite, wearing black tracksuits and sneakers, ate applesauce lazed with barbiturates and washed down with vodka. They then put bags over their heads, purple shrouds over their bodies, and laid down to leave their earthly vehicles behind. They weren't killing themselves, they thought, but freeing their souls from there so they could ascend to the spacecraft flying in the wake of the Halebot Comet which, at that point, was passing by Earth. And were going to be taken to their new home in space. Instead, police found their bodies on March 26th, and the images of the white and black Nikes poking out from under purple cloth would be burned into the eyes of a generation. It's true. The cult borrowed a lot of energy from science fiction, is what some of the insiders are saying. Applewhite and Nettles were huge fans of Star Wars and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and they brought some sci-fi to the group, resulting in theories like that Mary had been taken aboard a spaceship and impregnated with Jesus. It also led to members that would eventually kill themselves to wear patches that said, Heaven's Gate Away Team, which you can see in the group's farewell videos that we were just talking about. A reference that specialized crew that went on missions to alien planets in Star Trek. The group also believed that God was an advanced alien traveling in a spaceship in the trail of the Hale-Bopp comet, and that he planned to soon, quote-unquote, recycle the Earth. The group committed suicide so they could ascend to the, quote-unquote, evolutionary level of above human. That's wild. It's a very complex uh, cult. It is, and uh, it, it, the, just the, the Heaven's Gate symbol is attractive, yeah. I could see how from the internet looking at it you could be more intrigued about it. You would think that they would have had more of a younger audience. Right, especially with the sci-fi references. Yeah, but it seemed to be more of uh I would say mid 30s early 40s. Middle-aged. Middle-aged, yeah. It just seemed like lost souls. Yeah, kind of like people that were chewed up and spit back out yeah again just looking for um some type of acceptance of some sort but i mean you know as crazy as this cult is uh there are uh, i'm not even gonna say it. i'm not even gonna say because we said we were never gonna go there so i ain't saying it so stay tuned maybe one day i'll say it. now steve you want to go i do 
Uh, so in September of 1975, the group visited the small town of Waldport, Oregon, to give a lecture about how UFOs were soon going to make contact with the human race. According to an article in the New York Times, roughly 150 people packed into a motel hall to hear Applewhite's lecture. At first, the town thought it was a joke, but soon 20 people, or about 1 in 30 residents of the town, packed up, told their loved ones goodbye, and drove off. A score of persons have disappeared, Walter Cronkite said on the CBS Evening News. It's a mystery whether they've been taken on a so-called trip to eternity or if they've simply been taken. They had gone to a meeting of about 400 people in Grand Junction, Colorado, who believed they would be visited by alien beings. The rendezvous never happened, but the congregation did escape with their lives. According to the Times, none of those Oregon residents were among those found dead in 1997. Wow. Well... Aside from abandoning your family and turning over all of your money, cult members were asked to cleanse their bodies of the impure influences of things like fast food, can't argue that too much, and impure sexual thoughts. That often involved things like the master cleanse. It was invented in the 40s by Stanley Burroughs, and it was republished in 1976 in his book, the Master Cleanse. Cult member Rio D'Angelo, real name Richard Ford, told Newsweek that the group took it much farther than the diet other so-called acolytes. They drank nothing but the mix of lemonade, cayenne pepper, and maple syrup for three months. <laughs> oh my gosh. So let's see. Now, according to the BBC... Members were originally told that they would be able to exit their containers without resorting to suicide. They told that to LA Weekly in 1994, and that they hoped to be beamed up into space, taking their bodies with them into the next level, as the members called their version of the afterlife. In the mid-80s, when Nettles died of cancer, Applewhite amended his teachings to say that they would be given a new body in the next level, so their bodies wouldn't necessarily go with them. The group acknowledged that death might be necessary if they were to be picked up by the alien spacecraft, but appears to be held or to have held out hope that they could do so without dying. Well, I would think. I mean, they're doing some really uh, drastic stuff here. They're they're um, like the radical um, like uh, terrorists. They're like if we have to give our lives for our for our cause. Yeah. But the, I mean, the cause just goes back to Applewhite and the uh, gilding, you know, the, uh, that's tough. This, it's, it was just all made up. That's the crazy part. I mean, they can't see that the guy just lost his wife or his uh, partner and now he's all, all of a sudden changing he's to suicidal, right? <laughs> changing and, and making the group suicidal. Like, but they're so warped too. Remember they were talking about the unification and everything done the same way. And yeah. I, think, I think we're still need to get into that a little bit more. Yes. Okay, so, though the 39 dead members of the cult were found on Wednesday, March 26, 1997, the coroner's report showed that the suicides were far from simultaneous. The members killed themselves starting Sunday using a combination of barbiturates, alcohol, and hydrocodone, probably consumed with applesauce or pudding. The members then put plastic bags over their head to suffocate themselves to death, after which they were covered in shrouds. Applewhite 
was a late death, but not the last to die. Labeled the routine, the document outlined a process by which a group of 15 people would kill themselves, assisted by eight other people. The second group of 15 would die, also assisted by eight. Given that 39 victims were found, that would have left a final group of nine. Wow. Yeah, that that last one, especially after Applewhite, you know, you're looking around and everyone's gone. You, <laughs> you're either thinking, I need to get out of here, or you're thinking, I better hurry up or I'm going to miss this spaceship. Right. You, you don't want to. What you, was the timeline on this thing? <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to be the one that gets left out and leaves their, you know, humanly vessel behind yeah. and doesn't make it on on the ship. Or do you? Do you carry on the cult? I was chosen to stay back and guide the next for the next 4,000 years. I probably would be that guy. I'd be like, I'm going to assist Steve in, the, in this in this venture. All right. By eating the rest of the pudding? <laughs> like, all right. Where are we here? Okay. So everything was designed to be an exact duplicate. Surviving member Michael, Michael Conyers said, you were not to come up with, well, I'm going to make the pancakes this big. There was a mixture, a size, how long you cooked it on one side, how much the burner was on, how many a person got, how the syrup was poured on it. Everything, Kanye said, that even male members shave their faces a specific way. This is a common tactic for cults. If a leader wants to convince members to do something as extreme as commit suicide, they have to replace their entire belief structure with the belief structure of the cult, a process called dun, 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 indoctrination. You have to break out of your Western mentality, David Sullivan, a private investigator specializing in cult deprogramming, told Harper's. You're too judgmental. You have to abandon your whole psychological, intellectual framework. Your obsessive materialism is blocking you from seeing the truth. Bro, I'll, I'll tell you something about shaving for me. I shave the exact same way every time I do it, and I use a blade. Yeah. And if I don't do it that way, like I go up on the one side, when I get underneath, I go sideways. Then when it comes down to my neck, I go straight up and down. If if there was a dude telling me that I had to go sideways on my neck, it would break out in razor bumps. Oh, definitely. It would hurt so bad. I, there's no way that I could shave my face in the exact same way that the guy next to me is shaving his face. No, never. I'd be like, I got. I'm gonna be in the bathroom. I, I, or I gotta. Be, I'll be in the <laughs> stall, and I just come out shaved. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I did it that way. I did it the same way you did it. Like, but we all have to be standing here. <laughs> oh, it's looking. so weird. <laughs> you want to go? Yes. Applewhite and other members underwent the procedure to help ensure they remained celibate. And this is in reference to um, a place without gender that led to castration. Applewhite, who had been fired as a music professor at the University of St. Thomas in 1970, after administrators learned he had sex with a male student, sought cures for homosexual urges. He wanted to find a way to have platonic relationship where he could develop his full potential without sexual entanglement, uh, said one reporter who infiltrated the group in 1975. Castration, Applewhite believed, could make that easier. Ultimately, the group instituted a strict no-sex, no-human relationship, no-socializing rule. You know what it sounds like um, if you know the story of Jeffrey Dahmer? It's very similar to like what this guy's saying, that he... 
He wanted to be able to have a platonic relationship where he could develop his full potential without sexual entanglements. And that's kind of what Dahmer wanted to do, too. He, he didn't want to kill people. He basically just didn't want people to leave. So for about four months, one night he hid in a, in a department store so he could steal a mannequin. Uh, a male mannequin and he slept with it in bed just so that it would be there. And that was suffice for his quote unquote addiction of killing And it, but it didn't last. It, it appeased him for only so long and then moved on to the next level. Probably like, like this guy, there's something just, we got to ramp it up. We got to ramp up the crazy, I guess. Yeah. Dahmer is a totally different subject but he's very open he, he, he's very open about everything that he's done it's crazy he was wearing people's faces he was doing he was eating people yeah that was uh but maybe that'll be another different podcast all right stay tuned for Dahmer. <laughs> though decisions like this were always left up to members eight followers who were castrated voluntarily including applewhite they couldn't stop smiling and giggling former member d'angelo told newsweek they were all excited about it that just goes to prove how crazy there's nobody that's excited about being oh i can't wait to be castrated so that i uh don't have my sexual earthly desires anymore i just be like yeah like, we can get on the spaceship <laughs> we can do whatever it takes to get there i got one rule though and it ain't happening seems like there's a lot of rules around here yeah i'd be like uh look I got shaving bumps from shaving the opposite direction. <laughs> I get three pancakes with They're half small. a <laughs> Yeah. And uh, something tells me I'm getting the shaft here or lack thereof. <laughs> oh, fault. All right. So, though Heaven's Gate members were cut off from their families and friends, they were far from total recluses. Their final meal together was a big group dinner that took place at a chain that they frequented near their compound in Rancho Santa Fe, California. And a week ago Friday, just before their suicides, just a day or so before enacting their meticulously planned suicides, the cult went out for a last supper together at the Mary Callender's restaurant in Carlsbad. They all ordered the exact same thing, a waiter recalled to the paper. It was set up before they even came in. They all had iced teas to drink, dinner salads beforehand with tomato vinegar dressing, turkey pot pie for the entree, cheesecake with blueberries on top for dessert. They seemed very nice, very friendly, and very polite. No one seemed depressed at all, or anything like that. I love turkey Papa. I don't I think there's really too many people do. that don't. I mean, I don't know why. When we were going over this part in pre-show, I was like very intrigued by the details of that Last Supper. I wonder if it was the, the cult leader's favorite meal, or if it was a conglomerate. I mean, if you get them to that point, don't you want to give them something like, hey... You guys pick the final dinner, okay? I'm giving you this. I can just picture like whiteboards around and be like, we got blueberry <laughs> cheesecake. We got cheesecake. What about blueberries on top? And a blueberry, good one, good one. Turkey pot, hi. Oh. I want to drink some iced tea. Uh, all right, we'll have it all on the table. What about a salad? Well, what kind of dressing? My mother used to make a tomato <laughs> vinaigrette. <laughs> all right, give him his mother's vinaigrette. I think I'm just so like addicted to uh, watching reality TV that when they're they're talking about it and they're like with tomato vinaigrette dressing and uh, turkey Popeye entree, cheesecake with blueberries on top for dessert. I'm like, tell me more. Yeah, I mean, I almost wanted to be there. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> now, one of the ways that Heaven's Gate paid the bills was with the web design group called Higher Source. Their website's still online. Clients described Higher Source employees as diligent and professional. They said the website designers didn't look particularly unusual for computer experts with a lot of work in the entertainment industry with dark collarless shirts and closely cropped hair. The pair most likely behind the Higher Source website are Mark and Sarah King, according to Motherboard. The information must prevail to mankind in preparation for their return, the page admins told Reddit. We don't know when that will be, but those who are interested will find the information. So there you go. It's still continuing on today. I wonder how many followers they have. So when the Heaven's Gate members were discovered, they were all wearing identical black and white Nike decade sneakers. And, they co and the company soon discontinued the style due to its macabre association. Since then, the shoes have become a collector's item. An, unwar an unworn pair, apparently discovered in a storage unit in Arizona, was up for auction on EJ, <laughs> EJ, eBay for the asking price of $6,600. And sixty dollars. Six six six. Yep. Bearing Apple White's face as part of its advertising. Nike didn't exactly appreciate the free advertising. We've heard all the jokes, Nike rep Jim Small told Adweek in ninety seven. The Heaven's Gate incident was a tragedy and had nothing to do with Nike. The surviving members agree. They say that the shoes were purchased in bulk because of their cost, not necessarily their style. They turned out to be a look. It turned out to be a look that Doe and the class adopted. Names for the cult leader and the member liked. They stole. They told Soul Collector in an email. They were also able to get a good deal on them. It was a combination of factors that made the made the sale happen. Not because of a t particular model or brand. See, and then uh, see that's what other people then that probably other theories spiled out about the Nikes and why. So at least they put it to bed with that. You know what's messed up, folks? I've been wearing black Nikes for the last 20 years. I can't help it. I mean, there's so many people that made them famous. Paterno wore them on the field often. Oh, yeah. You always saw him walking around with them. And that's not why I wear them. But, they're, I mean, the Heaven's Gate call wore the black Nikes with the white symbol. It's definitely a good look. I oh, like yeah. it. I got some black Air Maxes. They don't got the white swoosh. They're all black. but Yeah, it's... Uh, it, 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 I, I can't stop buying them either. I mean, you can fault Nike for a lot of things, but you can't fault them for a Heaven's Gate incident. No, no. And I'm sure they didn't want to uh, – because sponsorship really means a lot to Nike and all shoe brands. Um, Adidas, they have that Yeezy, right? the Kanye West-sponsored shoe. And recently, Forbes put Kanye West on the – the billionaires list wow because of his stake in the adidas yeezy sneaker and it wasn't long ago that he had filed bankruptcy or something right he, he was in debt 54 million but then it wasn't long after he hooked up with kim kardashian which rumors are now they're they're getting ready for a split up the show is over the kardashian show is now defunct it's it's over this is the last season for them and uh kim is talking about a split with kanye of course which is, I mean, it's got to be amicable. They're they're both incredibly wealthy. Their house uh, out in California had private firefighters protecting it last year during the wildfires. Well, I'll tell you what, though, the they are the top one percent there in California, and with this new tax bill they want to pass, where like what is it, like fifty three percent tax on on the 
the super rich, which makes up 40% of California, everyone's getting out of there. Yeah, everybody's going to be going to a different country. So I don't know how we got onto that from, from Heaven's Gate, but... Oh, it was the Nikes, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was the, it was the yep. Nikes. Yeah. I, I oh, could yeah, talk about Nikes all day. Nikes to Yeezys. <laughs> oh, crazy. But th- I, th- this is a fun topic, and there's lots of information out online you can find out highly suggest there's probably about two hours worth of like uh goodbye confessionals or if you will or like uh just messages to their family before they ascend to yeah check out their website the heaven's gate website there is a ton of cool information on there um hit up youtube and check out those videos thanks to rolling stone uh history channel there's so much good information out there about heaven's gate it's really an intriguing and interesting topic to talk about i'm so glad to talk about it today with you yeah and there, there's videos with uh with the teacher doe when he's going over his teachings and he's interviewing the class oh, their names their nicknames yeah they give him nicknames and uh, it's just weird but it's very entertaining at the same time because i mean who doesn't love off the wall bizarre intertwines with ufos and aliens and that was doe's final farewell if if you type just that in it will it will come up to that and about halfway through is is just so good love it well ladies and gentlemen that was our show of heaven's gate had a blast with it steve you yeah, like man. it I, it was a good topic i enjoyed uh all the research that we had done and i didn't get to say hell's gate all week but uh heaven's gate heaven's gate coming at you now so uh well i had a good time steve had a good time hope you all enjoyed this podcast and until next time i'm folds and i'm steve and we'll see you next time take care of one another Bye bye